0: You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today or just float along the cool rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org/outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome.
1: The Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, a little birdie out there whispering to us that the Broncos have their eye on a special teams coordinator who hopefully is an upgrade over Tom McMahon. Tell everybody who this cat is and what your thoughts are on whether or not he's the right
0: hire. Chad, Theo Jensen would be an upgrade over Tom McMahon. This guy is actually pretty interesting when you peel back his resume, as I did uh, at the story at milehighhuddle.com about Stooks. He's the assistant uh, special teams coordinator with the Rams, so the Broncos can't hire him, much like Ajiro Evero, who they're going to hire as DC until after the Super Bowl. But wherever the Broncos struggle, they've ranked either last or dead last In every major special teams category under Tom McMahon, the Rams were either at the top or among the top. Punt return average, kick return yards, surrendered. Uh, Overall, they ranked as a top five, I think, special teams unit according to Football Outsiders DVOA. The Broncos were 30th in comparison. He, as Mike Kliss reported, though, Stooks is a popular candidate around the NFL. Sounds like he has some coals in the fire and other offers out there so the broncos might not get him but to my knowledge he's the only guy that's popped up in the public eye in terms of reporting as a potential successor to mcmahon yeah right there nfl's fourth best special teams unit the rams had last year according to football outsiders Broncos ranked 30th. The, you know, the Rams gave up the fewest punt return yards to opponents. 60 punt return yards in 17 regular season games. You talk about good contain. You talk about good discipline. That That's what it is right there. They had the second most accurate kicker in Matt Gay and the fifth best punter in terms of net average in Johnny Hecker. It's worth noting that obviously uh, Stukes is not, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He's not yeah. the main guy. They have their own coordinator there, but he's had other experience. He interestingly was a coordinator before years ago, and then got relegated back to the assistant depths at certain spots with certain teams. But this would be a big get for Nathaniel Hackett and uh, another young up and coming coach on Denver's roster potentially.
1: And as Zach closes here in the piece, it's if, the Broncos land this cat it would come on the heels of the team officially announcing the hire of Justin uh, Oten as OC as offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak as quarterbacks coach slash passing game coordinator and Butch Berry as offensive line coach plus of course uh, Ejiro Evero the uh, current secondary coach in LA with the Rams so it looks like um, you know these certain teams are their coaching staffs Zach are quite incestuous right from the if it sprouted off the Gruden or Shanahan tree, all these coaches on down the line, they've crossed paths, and so Hackett, you know, he's looking at Green Bay. He's looking at San Fran. He's looking at the L.A. Rams because it's the philosophies, the core philosophies in which uh, Hackett believes in, He can, they can be found there in those coaches. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because – they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the
0: Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
1: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code HUDDLE to save ten dollars on your first order of Broncos tickets
0: you know I saw a tweet that was so interesting earlier today talking about the McVay tree he's only 36 but he's had like now with Kevin O'Connell likely going to Minnesota as the head coach he's already had like four head coaches working underneath him that have gone on to do bigger things in the NFL so yeah the Broncos are finally learning from what works in this league that's I hate to be ageist, as Scott continually accuses me of being, (laughs) but I just think that's the way you win in in the NFL nowadays. You have to have forward thinking, progressive thinking, and that's what the Broncos have in Nathaniel Hackett, Evero, and maybe even Dwayne Stukes. Guys, we are
1: stoked because tonight we get to unveil the winners of the January raffles. Before we get to the names of those who are going to make out with some swag we got to tip our cap to the Duchess, Michaela, who we absolutely love, jumping in with a top rope, Mount Rushmore caliber super chat. She says, the Rooney rule is a joke, and teams, GMs are skating around it. The fact they get perks if they hire a minority coach shows that there is a problem, and the Rooney rule is not the solution. We're going to come right back to that. I promise you, Michaela, there's a can of worms that uh, we opened by titling this episode the way we did around John Elway's uh, rebuttal to the Brian Flores uh, accusations. And then, of course, we'll piggyback off what you said here. Hold tight just for a second. On Facebook, guys, we are once again here in the month of February trying to get to 250,000 stars as a goal. When we reach that goal, we're going to raffle off yet another Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And the only people in the running for that raffle are those who contributed to the goal. Here we are three days into the month and we are 8% complete to the goal, which is pretty solid. Whoop! That's not good. We'll have to come we'll have to come back to that. Um, but I guess it's time. Let's just do it. Let's do it now. Drum roll. If I, if I had my drum pad, I would do a drum roll for you, but I don't. It's a little out of reach. The winner. Zach, let's start with YouTube. All right. The YouTube super chat. All right. The way it works this month, just like last month is, We take the top five finishers cumulatively on Super Chat in that month. Their names go in a hat. We pull it out random. That's the winner. For January, it's Christopher Gaspari, who you informed me on last night's show, I believe, or it was either last night or Monday, that uh, it's the van life, Chris, right? Uh, So Christopher Gaspari, if you're in the room now, Congrats. If you're not in the room and you're listening to this after the fact, congrats. Thank you for all of your support. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, so that we can get your shipping address, your preferred jersey, your and uh, your jersey size. So thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate everything you do for us, and congrats.
0: I think Chris is proof that karma exists because he's done so many kind things for us, and in turn, he was uh, chosen for the raffle, and he won the the uh, the Super Chat giveaway for January. So we couldn't be happier for you, Chris, and thank you so much for what you do and what you will do for the, for the podcast.
1: Um, now let's also announce the winner on Facebook. Andrew Baker. Nice. Who we got to meet this past fall at the meet and greet at, uh, empower field at mile high. Really fun. Got to meet Andrew and his young family. And Andrew is a consistent, steady contributor and supporter here at MHH, both as a paid subscriber on Facebook and then nightly in the streams. You had a lot of tickets in that hat, my friend. So that uh, boosted your odds, it looks like. You win. Randomly selected, Andrew Baker. Send us an email, my friend, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let us get your shipping address, uh, jersey size, and whatever jersey it is you're after.
0: And we will get that out to you, my friend. So congrats. Ooh congrats Andrew yeah you're another foundational member and you know I, I just mentioned it you know and it's amazing how quickly it, it's it's the, the call is heated I said that all that you have done and will do for the for the even just interacting with us Chris and, and Zuko and just dropping that is just amazing thank you so much because thanks guys I appreciate the win Chris you have earned that win every single bit of it and we are so appreciative for you so we hope you like the uh the prize and uh, again we appreciate it Yes, indeed.
1: Now, if you're truly living that van life, though, hopefully you got a P.O. box somewhere, right, where something can be shipped to you. I'm sure you do. One last announcement on the winner of the Apple podcast. Just like uh, every month, go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and that automatically enters you into a raffle for some swag, all right? This winner happens to be whoever 1983 Denver Bronco might be. All right.
0: Um, Oh, Chad disappeared. It might be the ghost of 1983 Denver Bronco haunting the podcast, but we definitely appreciate you. And we hope you reach out mile at gmail.com to clean, claim your prize and uh, your reward for winning the best review of January. Want to say hi to Rodney Garcia for your stars. Thank you so much, Rodney, Joshua, for your stars. Thank you so much. I'm going to just hold it down while Chad gets back on here. I think maybe his router cut out. Um, we don't have, can you pull up the review, Scott, or you don't have it queued up? Maybe Chad did. Okay. So we'll wait for him. And, uh, let me just vamp a little bit. Let me again, wish Andrew, Chris, and, uh, 1983 Denver Bronco much, uh, much love and, uh, gratitude for what you've done. And, uh, congratulations for winning the prize. I see some stars right here from, uh, Phil real quick. Pull that back up, Scott. Thanks. Uh, Miller 707 champ chiming in. What's up, Broncos fam? Chad and Zach, do you think... We should go after O.J. Howard if he doesn't re-sign with the Bucs. He would be a good backup to Fant. Thanks for all you guys do. Go Broncos. Thank you, Miller707. I mean, when you're flush at one position, I have the same reaction as if you were to suggest the Broncos sign a receiver or a cornerback. Why? Why? You have Noah Fant, you have Alberto. I mean, you're pretty good there in terms of having young developmental building blocks at that position, and you're bringing in a former tight ends coach and Justin Outen as the coordinator. And you hope that if Fant or Alberto are around, if they make a trade for Aaron Rodgers, that he can develop them further. So Howard's been one of those high upside, high you know high risk guys as well. He can't stay healthy, and when he does, he's never been that. Pro Bowl stud, as we all thought he would be. If he can't cut it in Green Bay, I don't think he would cut it too well behind uh, Noah Fan and Abrado. Good to see you back, though, Chad.
1: Dude, I don't know. Real quick, let me just soapbox this for a second. I'm seriously mystified. I am streaming to you now from the highest caliber of internet you money can buy and a still brand new. I bought this in 2021 uh lenovo thinkpad now scott's telling me that i i didn't get the right uh graphics card or something so I got, i'm just gonna have to get an upgrade because i can't keep doing that that's that, that's bad news so anyway apologies for that guys hopefully everything's cool the laptop just crashed out of the blue so fyi uh sorry about that
0: i was saying do we have did you have the um the review pulled up from 18 i did
1: 19? but uh i do I'm now nervous to pull it up again. I don't want to, okay. maybe that's what crashed. I don't know. I'll see if I can find it again. Okay. Let,
0: let, let's let's make sure this is a stable connection for the old <laughs> ThinkPad pad here by Lenovo. Um, You know, we, we broached the Brian Flores thing, and I have no problem getting into it and talking about it. But guys, I see a lot of like, it, it's become a racist back and forth, literal black and white conversation in the side chat. Let's, let's skirt that issue for tonight. Let's keep it mostly football, please. All, all
1: we're here to do tonight, guys,
0: is report to you what John
1: Elway said about the accusation. Okay. So let me just real quick, Zach, for the sake of posterity, people are probably wondering what did Elway say? He kind of punched back. Here's what he said. Uh, Quote, while I was not planning real quick, one last thing. Remember this was a 55 or 50 plus page lawsuit filed in federal court on Tuesday by end of business, Tuesday, Joe Ellis, who still holds his position as CEO of the Broncos, uh, responded. Elway sat on it for a couple of days and then decided to respond. And I think, Zach, one of the reasons he responded with what everyone's about to hear is that Brian Flores has been making the rounds on national television, ESPN, different platforms, and uh, turning the screws. So here's what Elway said, quote, while I was not planning to respond publicly to the false and defamatory claims by Brian Flores, I could not be silent any longer with my character, integrity, and professionalism being attacked. I took Coach Flores very seriously as a candidate for our head coaching position in 2019 and enjoyed our three-and-a-half-hour interview with him. Along with the rest of our group, I was prepared, ready, and fully engaged during the entire interview as Brian shared his experience and vision for our team. It's unfortunate and shocking to learn for the first time this week that Brian felt differently about our interview with him. For Brian to make an assumption about my appearance and state of mind early that morning was subjective, hurtful, and just plain wrong. If I appeared, quote, disheveled, as he claimed, it was because we had flown during the middle of the night immediately following another interview in Denver, And we're going on a few hours sleep to meet the only window provided. I interviewed Brian in good faith, giving him the same consideration and opportunity as every other candidate for our head coaching position in 2019. Closed quote, Zach. So he views what Flores has said about him as defamatory. He called it an attack on his character. And uh, you know what? Here's what I'll say. You got to assume Brian Flores has some evidence to back up his claims, because if not defamatory libel, these are the type of things that if John Elway, Joe Ellis and the Denver Broncos wanted to pursue, um, they'll they'll have recourse
0: if there is no evidence or proof of what he claims. How do you prove it though? Do you get the waiter from that night for the interview at the dinner or, I mean, the hotel clerk, well, Zach,
1: these behind the Broncos series, right? Um, they filmed every one of these interviews are videotaped. Now this was under George Payton. So I guess there's a chance. Maybe that's not how things were done under the Elway era, but I've got to assume it was recorded for post interview analysis at the very least. So, appearance, disheveled, hungover, whatever the uh, connotation is, I'd bet money the Broncos not only have the actual interview recorded, but interview or recordings of them discussing him as a candidate in good faith. I would, I would bet dollars to donuts and reading both the content and between the lines of Joe Ellis's statement in particular, sounds like they do have some of that stuff that they'll be ready to provide that federal court.
0: Well, I'm just happy Elway didn't release this statement on Bronco's legal notepad, as he did for the Supreme Court justice recommendation when he was GM, Chad. Right. Um, you know, the also the proof, the receipts, if you will, from this whole case, and it's only defamatory, by the way, if Brian Flores is lying. If he wasn't disheveled right. and he wasn't drunk, then it is defamatory. It's an attack on his character, and that's, that's not right. Um, but— uh, the quotes that Mike Kliss published from Brian Flores, even in 2020, talking about the Broncos job before the Broncos Dolphins game. He was yep. raving about the Broncos and their history and uh, the interview process. So which one is it now? Why did it come out now after Brian Flores did not get the Giants job? I'm not taking sides. I do agree the Rooney rule is a sham and things have to change yes, from that regard.
1: I think that's absolutely true.
0: But... I think there's a case of sour grapes to be made about Brian Flores and dragging the Broncos from three years ago now into the process is, uh, I don't know. I just think if we're
1: talking benefits of the doubt here, or, you know, which, which side of the coin has, you know, more bona fides or veracity. uh, And then we'll grab Michaela's next topic here. You got to look at the fact that the Denver Broncos hired a black head coach under John Elway and Joe Ellis in 2017. Now, Did he last? No, unfortunately. But as it goes in the NFL, whether you're a first-time head coach, uh, white, black, whatever uh, race you might be, if you only win, Zach, 11 games in your first two years, the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately. It's a production-based business. Unfortunately, Vance did not produce at the level that is expected to maintain a job like that in the league, so he was handed his walking papers Weeks before this interview, if if weeks, a couple, maybe a week before the sit down with Brian, week and a half, uh, Brian Flores. So that Zach, combined with the fact that you know there was never any kind of Elway uh, rumors or Elway accusations when he was a player about any kind of racism. Uh, or anything like that. Or at the time of the interview,
0: you think one Correct. little birdie would have leaked something out. But you talk about walking papers, Chad, real quick. Who gave yeah. Flores his walking papers in Miami? A black general manager and Chris Greer. You talk hmm. about uh, African-American coaches not getting certain shots. Well, Ryan Poles is the new GM in Chicago, came from Kansas City. They interviewed Eric Bieniemy. Didn't go with them, So it's right. it just some guys aren't qualified for the job. I do agree. Again, the Rooney rule is a joke, but the Flores situation, the only thing worth investigating in my view is the pay to lose bounties that Ross was offering supposedly. And well, even that.
1: Zach, there's legitimate evidence that one of those interviews that Flores references was a sham, but it wasn't the Bronco one. The evidence that there was a sham interview that was held with him strictly to satisfy the Rooney rule is in the case of the New York Giants. We know we don't need to re- recapitulate the whole thing, but when you're getting a text three days before your interview from Bill Belichick, who has a lot of contacts in history with the New York football Giants as a coach there during the Parcells era, that was his team growing up, All right, so he's got a lot of connections to the Giants. He texts Brian Flores three days before his actual interview for this head coaching vacancy saying, congrats, and then realized, oops, I was meant to be texting Brian Dayball, who actually got the job, that's some evidence. It doesn't prove anything, Zach, because Bel- Belichick's not in the Giants organization. It doesn't prove a gum thing, but at least it's evidence of his claim that it was sham. If it was all along planning to hire Brian Dayball, then yes, that would imply that that was an interview strictly a sham to satisfy the Rooney rule. But the Broncos, don't drag them into that. There is no proof whatsoever, at least from what has been revealed in that 50-plus page a lawsuit filed in federal court in Manhattan.
0: If Belichick sent those texts, I mean, if those are confirmed to be real, he doesn't strike me as a guy that would use double, exp- exp- I can't ever do that, exclamation points. And he doesn't strike me as a guy that would confuse Brian Dayball and Brian Flores. One last thing about sham interviews and the Rooney Rule so the implication here is that only minorities get sham interviews. Well, the Jaguars interviewed Vic Fangio for their head coaching job. He's white. There's a lot of coaches that get interviews that never go anywhere, and they're brought along just for the for the sake of it. So yep. there's, I'm, I'm assuming a shred of merit in all, all of these accusations and all of these things that are being posited out there, but I don't know that I believe the majority of it. Last thing.
1: Broncos interviewed two African-American coaches this time around for the, for the opening. Now, if all they cared about was meeting the Rooney Rule standard, wouldn't they have just left it at one and then went about their business, you know, just being a cynic, but that's really all we want to talk about on that topic tonight, guys, because it's just so rife for people getting fired up and um, let's just try and move on to other topics. But this was newsworthy, John cool. Elway coming in and saying, here's, here's my take. Now, Michaela, Zach, I don't know what you've heard about this, but her super chat. Thank you for that second super of the night, Michaela. You're the bomb. She says, what is your opinion about Aaron Rodgers buying a house in Tennessee and being open to joining the Titans? What have you heard on that front?
0: Yeah, I saw the same report. Uh, Apparently he bought a big plot of land in Tennessee and he's building a house out there and uh, he's open, like Michaela says, to joining Tennessee. That's all speculation. Apparently also he's told – Green Bay players he doesn't expect to come back to the Packers so it's typical February 3rd hearsay in terms of A-Rod the biggest story of the offseason they would have to move on from Tannehill first though the Titans would and he has a big cap number I don't know how feasible that is but no surprise that Aaron would want to come to the AFC and play for a ready-made contender that you can argue is closer than Denver is in terms of competing I think the only way you could argue it though is by the by
1: the coaching side of it, you know, there, you've got a more proven coaching staff in Tennessee. Otherwise, to me, it's kind of sixes in terms of you look at the roster, which one's ready to go, because um, you're replacing Tannehill with Rogers. So, to me, it just comes down to to Vrabel as a more proven NFL coach at this point as a head guy. Uh, than Nathaniel Hackett is uh, in, in this moment in time. Uh,
0: Derek Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, I mean, that would be appealing for me, and I think a better offensive line as well uh, in Tennessee. But
1: Michaela, love you, Thank appreciate you, you so much. Sam Bam, we appreciate you as well, my friend. <clears throat> he says, how does the hierarchy in the front office work? I've never known how exactly that works. After the ensuing ownership uh occurs who then would become George Payton's boss and then that person's boss. And then, so it works like this. You got the owner and then usually most teams hire a president. There's a business side president for the Broncos. That's been Joe Ellis for the past 20 some odd years. And then on the football side, they usually hire like a top executive, whether it's as a VP of football operations, Zach, or like a president. And then there's usually a GM. It's, it's not often that like in Elway's case, a guy is both, both president as of at football operations and general manager that's usually delegated out. And then from general manager, you've got assistant, you've got directors of player personnel, you've got directors of pro personnel, and then on down the line. So <clears throat> to answer your question sp- specifically, Sam Bam, when the Broncos are sold, that new owner comes in, and uh, that's where the buck stops. So he can decide what he wants to do. He doesn't have to keep George Payton. He doesn't have to keep Nathaniel Hackett. He can go about hiring all his own people to put in the front office, both on the business and football side. Although I doubt that's going to happen because Zach, anyone who sits down in a room with George Payton is going to be impressed with his football and management acumen. And then, I mean, we're talking about the Han Solo of the NFL (laughs) and Nathaniel Hackett.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, it, it would be his team, the new owner, and he would, he can do what he pleases as, as you kind of pointed out there. But he would be made aware before the purchase that we his, we have a second-year general manager who we're really high on, the fan base is really high on. We just hired a new head coach who the fan base loves. We feel like we're this close. So, sir, Mr. President, I would recommend not firing anyone, keeping your guys in place for at least one year. I think uh, the understanding would be acknowledged.
1: By the way, I just want to talk to Travis really quick. Appreciate you, Trav, everything you do here for us at MHH. You know this. And – um I hope you understand how much we value your support and how you contribute to the conversation on a nightly basis, big dog. So thanks for being with us and thanks for being supportive of the winners of the drawings for January. All right. Uh, Rodney, what's up big dog. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach Broncos country. Uh, hope everyone is having a blessed day. Trying to, but, you know, it's not always up to, to me if, if I'm going to be blessed, right? That's, uh, that's, that's up to the big man upstairs. Uh, Phil McLaughlin, but I am blessed. I mean, dude, look at us, Zach. We're on here talking to that's our amazing. friends. We're talking to people who support us uh, about something we'd be doing all day long and twice on Sunday, which we did do. Both of us got into this business, not for the dollar. Both of us got into this business because we are whack job, nerdy, football, passionate freaks. And uh, one thing led to another. So love you guys.
0: We're the type that sits around, at least I am that thinks about Darren Moogie's promotion and what it means for the Broncos hierarchy. I have no shower thoughts. It's real. So we are blessed. We're talking about a game for a living and uh, thank you so much. On that
1: front. Yes, indeed. Did you touch on it while I was gone? Moogie? No. Okay. So this kind of goes back to, and thank you, orange crush 33, just popping in. Go Broncos with a super appreciate that. Um, to what Sambam brought up in terms of hierarchy in the front office, Darren Moogie, who had served the last little bit here as director of player player personnel, I want to say. That means it's the pro side, all right? Um, Promoted to assistant general manager. So George Payton, if you will, Zach, now has his number two. So Moogie is the George Payton to Payton's Rick Spielman. And it's really cool to see because Moogie, I mean, for the Broncos as an organization, it's a good look because Moogie started, former NFL wide receiver, couldn't catch on. He was a practice squad guy, said to hell with it, wanted to become a scout, got a job with the Broncos 11 years ago, 2012, as a, a scouting intern. That morphed Zach into being a Western regional scout for the Broncos, got a ring. He was part of the scouting team that built the Super Bowl 50 roster, all right, then he was promoted, promoted, promoted. He's held this position since uh, 2020 as the uh, director of player personnel. And he quickly shot up the ranks under Peyton because he was one of the five headed comm- hiring committee that was going with George Payton to all of these interviews and participating in it in the whole nine yards. So you could tell from go watch that, you know, behind the Broncos uh, episode one on, on the whole Nathaniel Hackett and hiring process and, you could see that Moogie plays a key role. So, congrats to him. You
0: know, I put out a tweet like right before the podcast, and I said, "It feels like the Broncos' hierarchy is it's very tight knit now. It's coming together when it's constructed the right way." And what I mean by that is the GM gets to pick his own head coach, and the head coach gets to pick his own assistants. Everyone's where they should be, and I feel like Moogie, Moogie, it's, it's Darren Moogie. He's Peyton has his number two. Now everyone's entrenched and they can go forward knowing that Peyton has all his fingerprints on the operation. It's an, it's a new coaching staff. Their turnover is complete and all they need to do is now win football games. I just like the feeling and the way the Broncos are trending. I'm not sure I can say I felt that way since uh, Peyton Manning's days.
1: Uh, Leroy. Glad you made it home, buddy. That's all I got to say. Just glad you made it home. Big dog. Uh, Let's turn the page real quick to this topic. It's interesting. It's worth our conversation. I can pull it up here. But Silent One says, I see some Bronco fans trashing Akib Tlaib credibility today about his words on us hiring Ejiro Evero. I stuck up for Tlaib the same way I stick up for Elway. Uh, Basically what he said, I'm going to paraphrase. He threw a few uh, S-bombs into his uh, recommendation for Evero no big deal. We're talking about a keep to leave here, boys and girls, but basically what he said is that he's super smart and deserving of becoming a defense coordinator. So I don't know why people are, would be trashing to over that. I mean, who would know better, right? He was coached by him in LA when the Broncos traded him.
0: I've never seen one Broncos fan, badmouth mouth, keep to He's one of those universally loved players. So that's, that's a surprise to me, but uh, Evero has future head coach potential. It's not just from a to leave. A lot of people around the NFL have felt that way. He's a fast rising assistant. And I think the Broncos are fortunate to get him in this current role. And anyone who watched Shaqib as an analyst this past season for Fox knows he knows what he's talking about, the way he sees the game and the way he uh, can his incitements about the game and the way he sees the game trending. If he gives Evero his stamp of approval, then it makes it more uh, impressive for me.
1: Dude, listen to any coach who coached to keep to leave, including Wade Phillips. He talks about this in the Son of Bum book, which we'll get to next in uh, Broncos Book Club. Anyone who coached to keep to he comes off with kind of a rough and tumble exterior. The way he presents himself, cocky, arrogant. When he's on your team, he's the type of guy you love, right? But when he's not on your team, he's the guy that's easy to hate. That's a keep to Words of Michael but, Crabtree. Debo, indeed, absolutely. <laughs> But listen to this. The one common denominator, any coach has, has opened their mouth and talked about to Tlaib, what they all have in common, what they say is super smart, and especially when it comes to film and understanding what he's seeing and picking up tendencies yes. and all this stuff, very few corners as smart as to Tlaib. So when to leave from a football IQ perspective, says, hey, this guy's the uh, bee's knees, then you should, take it, you should take notice of that.
0: You said it a lot better than I did, or I wanted to. I have diarrhea mouth tonight's show. You know, you got it pretty correct on uh, Akib.
1: 727 mil. Love you, bro.
0: Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte Technology Careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte.
1: Aaron Rodgers, one, Wilson, two, Watson, three, Drew Locke, four. No Jimmy G. So, Mill is throwing out his uh, QB wish list for 2022, Zep.
0: Yeah, but if Watson is still entangled in 22 separate allegations of sexual misconduct, I would take him off the list, and I'd maybe consider putting on there Kirk Cousins again, Not at his current salary. I'm not saying it's going to happen or I want it to happen, but the George Payton connection, you just brought aboard Clint Kubiak, Nathaniel Hackett saw him twice a year. It might be a guy the Broncos could target if they want another uh, holdover veteran at quarterback.
1: Guys, as supporters we will definitely grab your comments and questions, but again, on this topic, please be very careful and measured with how you choose your words. All right, Miguel, love you bro. He says, what's up fellas? I know how you feel about um Mike Florio Might I know I was uh, thinking is he talking about Mike Florio I think he means Flores right but he's, oh, I don't know I don't like no Florio, no no. no. So. maybe he is talking Florio because <laughs> Florio is a former lawyer he made a good point as he was a lawyer he said you can have the same conversation and have two completely different takeaways absolutely true really wow it's true it's like we I haven't mean,
0: said that at all the last year about a certain quarterback
1: exactly but that's a good point. Miguel Uh, Lawrence says this was literally a, this was literally at a bad time for the Broncos. The media is putting us as a dumpster fire right now. Shake my head. Yeah, it's not great. It really takes away from some of the luster of the Nathaniel Hackett hire, which is unfortunate, but it doesn't change. It's not going to, you know, if this is going to come out, Zach, it sucks, but you want it to come out about this time of year, this kind of uh media circus because Nathaniel Hackett can, he doesn't have to stand up and face the media three times a week, uh, four times a week. Right now he's going about building his staff and it's, it's a non-issue for him in the building right now that I can promise you. Now, if he were having to face the media day in and day out, then it becomes a distraction, right? Facing these kind of questions. What are the implications? You know, all that stuff. Trust me. By the time you get to that point, Zach, where Nathaniel Hackett is regularly addressing Broncos, Denver, local media, you know, May at the soonest OTAs, this is going to be old, old news.
0: I mean, I can speak for myself. It didn't put a damper on Nathaniel Hackett in the least for me. And you know what Brian Flores says he experienced three years ago under a different regime when John Elway is not even the GM anymore. And Joe Ellis is also outgoing in the Broncos front office. It doesn't mean anything. The Broncos got a great, I think, head coach, in Nathaniel Hackett, who's going to lead them back to the playoffs for the first time since 2015. That's my takeaway from the head coaching hire and I, I guess, I hate to say it, it pains me, but I agree with Florio. Uh, you know, Flores can have his own convictions, and he can go to battle with the NFL and try to spawn change in this business, but I'm not going to be apologetic or feel bad that Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett. I am pumped up about that.
1: Some people have a bias, and they're super sensitive on a specific topic. And maybe Brian Flores, at that point in time in his career, was super sensitive about... You know, am I being interviewed here as a uh, Rooney Rule sham type thing? And if you're super sensitive about that and you create a bias, this is just me spitballing. It would be easy to see a quote unquote disheveled John Elway walk through the door. All right. And by the way, the Broncos dispute entirely and they claim they have evidence that they were an hour late. But John Elway rolls through. He's got three, four hours sleep, looking a little disheveled, maybe not quite as bright and bushy-tailed. It doesn't mean it's, it's racial discrimination, exactly, though. That's the thing. It doesn't. But if you have that um, insecurity, it's easy to read into things like that. Oh, well, he looks this way because he's not taking me seriously. This must be a shit You see what I'm saying? So that's what Florio's saying is two people. You can have a conversation between two people, and the two people, when they leave that room, can end up having two different takeaways of what occurred in that room. That's human communication. Charge it to the game. Dennis Woods, love you, bro. And thank you. We saw also that you had a uh, five star review for us in January on Apple Podcasts. You to man. He says, Will Flora's accusation affect the ownership search? That's a really good question. Oh, Zach and I get bored and our eyes glaze over when we start talking about ownership. But on this topic, I listened to a conversation Adam Schefter had earlier this week, Zach. On 104.3, the fan, forgive me, I'm not, I think it was the drive. I think he appeared on the drive. And they asked him a similar question. And he said that maybe, I'm going to paraphrase Schefter, uh, maybe the NFL has a little bit more skin in the game now to incentivize and kind of tweak things in the direction of whoever the next owner of the Denver Broncos is, is black. How easy will that be to do? Not easy if you're the NFL, because first of all, you know, there's only so many billionaires on the planet. A, how many of them are black? I don't know. All right. But then you can't just force someone who's just because they're a billionaire to want to go buy a football team. Robert F. Smith makes a ton of sense. Doesn't, at least he's putting it out in the public eye that
0: he's not interested You know, my eyes aren't glazing over this one time because I I was going to make this point earlier to accuse the Broncos of being systemically racist, I think is kind of moronic. They're one of the more progressive, forward thinking, I would say liberal leaning teams in the NFL. They're always at at the first to uh, fight social injustice. And they were marching in 2020 and and everything with that. So the fact they also they hired a black head coach and they just or or were kind of dilly-dallying with an African-American potential owner in Robert F. Smith. How racist could they be if they wanted to hand the keys to the owner or there was some interest on either side for Robert F. Smith to own the Broncos? Um, It's a contradiction to what uh, Flores is saying, and I I don't buy that part of it.
1: That's why you have to understand, guys. The official position of MHH and the Huddle Up podcast, I'll say, is that do we believe that the Rooney Rule process – Uh, can be used as a sham by certain NFL teams? Yes, it can be abused. Are there things the NFL can and should do to try and improve that process for its minority coaches? Yes, absolutely. Does that mean the Broncos are uh, discriminatory in their hiring process? There's more evidence that goes against that being true than there is for it being true. And unless Brian Flores presents some sort of a smoking gun, as it were, then uh, he's going to come out of this not looking so hot. Travis Tarbox, appreciate you, big dog. He says, "I'm curious why no one's talking about any of the players at the East-West Shrine Game." Well, we were, big dog. I mean, we sent Luke Patterson down to uh, cover it. He's front and center. Uh, I don't. I think he came back not feeling so hot. I don't want to betray any of his uh, how he's feeling. I don't know, etc. But. There's a couple of different articles up right now. If you go click on the draft tab at milehighhuddle.com, covering those guys uh, or what Luke saw there at the East-West Shrine game. And I know that he plans on putting out a few more articles covering, recapping some of the stuff he saw down there. Thanks, Travis. And then, of course, we sent uh, Scott down to the Senior Bowl. He just got home tonight. He's back in the saddle. Lawrence Rivera, appreciate you, big dog. Would it be far off that Elway did have a few drinks that night and still smelt like it in the morning, but that's just Elway. He parties hard and a lot. That's the thing. When we talk about Zach and this is us continuing to go down the rabbit hole. And I think we need to pump the brakes after this question. But when I wrote about this two days, two days ago on Tuesday, I said, look, one of the ways that people who don't tell the truth, or let me, let me put it another way, good liars. And I'm not saying Brian Flores is a liar, Okay, I don't know. I'm just telling you the evidence to me points more towards the Broncos track record not being discriminatory than vice versa. But really good, um, you know, people that can spin a yarn and might not be 100 percent true. One of the ways they get you to believe it is they'll embed one little kernel of truth. And because that one kernel resonates with you, you know, to already be true, then you're inclined to believe everything else that's said. What's that kernel of truth? John Elway has a reputation for being a drinker. That's it. So could he have been uh, hitting hitting a few drinks the night before? Possible, but if it's true that and I'm then Zach, the Broncos will have flight records and all that. If it shows, if they have proof that they rolled into town on an airplane after midnight, by the time they get into their hotel and lay down with a 7:30 a.m. bright start, I mean, how many of us, especially hot on the heels of another very high intensive, you're using lots of brain power interview that they had just come from in Denver. All right. And then you get three or four hours sleep tops. How many of us are going to be looking bright eyed and bushy tailed
0: come seven 30 in the morning. Right. I mean, and especially a 60 year old dude. Not for, you know, first of all, show me proof that LA was drunk and hung over and Ellis was uh, as disheveled as, as Flores claimed to be. Even if he was, It's not illegal. It's not a crime in the law or in the NFL universe for a a general manager to have a drink. It's a bad look maybe for that GM if he was hungover or disheveled or whatever, but it it doesn't mean he's racist. It doesn't mean anything other than he chose to have a few drinks before the interview. I think, I don't know. I'm going to hold my tongue on the rest of that. Sebastian uh, Flintum,
1: welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's a newer name on Super Chat says, massive ice storm. I hope everyone is safe and warm. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, questions about is Aaron Rodgers from Tennessee? No, he's from California. Went to Cal. Um, okay, where are we at? We're at 40 minutes. We got some time. Tarbox says, I also read a mock draft earlier that said that we might draft the running back from BYU. They're saying that he's like Javante. Can't remember how to spell his name, but it starts with an A. Um everything right now is complete conjecture, all right? What we know for a fact is the Broncos, um, well, what we know based on buzz is they're looking at quarterbacks, edge rushers, and tackles so far at the two big pre-draft stops that open up this whole cycle, Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl. They were looking at and talking about and interviewing and asking about tackles, edges, quarterbacks. So I don't think running back is that high on the menu when you've got Javante coming back. You could still, if you want, go pay Melvin Gordon. And you got Mike Boone waiting in the wings. I don't see him using a premium round pick, Zach, on a running back this year.
0: You know, Cecil Lammy of the fan had really good information on Twitter today. He said what he's been hearing is that the Broncos are going to place a premium on tackle. Finally, thank God, right tackle, a premium player there. And also edge rusher. They realize they can't get by with what they have right now, even bringing back Bradley Chubb. So those are infinitely more important positions than running back, especially when you have a a stud in Javante Williams, that would be a position of luxury when the Broncos have positions of need elsewhere. Bad business.
1: Uh, Todd is, uh, has misgivings that the Broncos let Mike Munchak go. We'll come back to that. Uh, Colby C. Collier triple C in the house saying nothing really to add. Just letting you guys know I'm listening. Thank you for the stars, my friend for real uh yeah the broncos are moving on from mike munchak as the o-line coach uh, butch Berry is the new hire because he's an expert in the wide zone rushing attack and blocking scheme so you know that's not munchak's forte he's a he's a power block one-on-one guy phone booth man-on-man and um that's not what nathaniel hackett's
0: really looking for well here's a first for the huddle up podcast terry from up north super, the ring arrived today, and she said yes. Love you, Broncos country. Hashtag state of being, hashtag football priest. Terry, my sincere congratulations to you. Uh, My best wishes to you and your bride-to-be. That's amazing, and uh, thank you for sharing with us. And if you're an OG here at MHH, you know the story somewhat of Terry
1: and uh, his his soon-to-be wife and how they met and their long-distance relationship they cultivated for a long, long time. Cross oceans, all right. So this is quite the triumph. Congrats, my friend. That's great. That's great. Uh, Tarbox again. Talib was a great player. He was a total dog. Definitely deserves respect. Oh yeah, dude. And here's the, here's what exemplifies Akib Talib to me. It's not the chain, all right? Do you remember when Harry Douglas went low on Chris Harris in the Bronco Titans game? Yeah. Dirty as heck play, and and Talib went after him on the field, had to break him up. And then after in the locker room, they share an agent. He said, Let, next time I see him, I'm going to beat his A.
0: <laughs>
1: Standing love up that, for man. his boy.
0: You got to love that. You got to love that. And they haven't had any dogs like him in quite a while. If they had more to Talibs, I think they'd win more games. So I'm a huge fan of to Talib. And like Chad laid out earlier, he's a lot smarter than he gets credit for. People think he's like this brute or this, like, this this, this, funny man. He's actually really smart and very insightful. So I'm a big Aqib Tlaib guy. Well,
1: I see people refer to him as a thug. I hate hearing that because of the gunshot incident in ignorant. Texas. Ignorant the, take. And and the chain thing, ripping that off from absolutely ignorant. to Tlaib, one of the smartest dudes to ever play. Um, the game, wouldn't surprise me, Zach, if he ends up in the Hall of Fame. I mean, do you know how many pick sixes this cat has? Yeah. And how many guys in the league that have played? have more than him listen you don't get that many pick sixes throw away all the accolades throw away the super bowl ring um you don't get the accolade or the uh pick sixes that Talib has on his resume without being a very intelligent smart on point hard-working nfl player
0: he should be on a coaching staff somewhere i think he'd be a great secondaries coach if not defensive coordinator he has this the, the wherewithal he has the it factor
1: jeff c in the house long time super chat superstar appreciate you jeff he says peekaboo roses are red violets are blue without a franchise qb i'll be disappointed and so will you a poet and i didn't even know it. you've been holding out on us jeff do you think hackett spoke to jerry judy yet i would assume by now he has yeah yeah i know when he first got here it's a whirlwind and he said that he plans on picking up the phone and calling and talking to everybody that's on the roster so has it happened yet Hard to say for sure, but probably because Judy's one
0: of the key guys moving forward. Mayors proposals, poetry. I mean, we're uh, doing it all on tonight's title of podcast. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I know he spoke with Justin Simmons. They had they shared that conversation. I believe in that exclusive video. He's also talked to Garrett Bowles, who tweeted the Broncos are in very good hands. So yeah, he's made the rounds and introducing himself. And so far, he's a home run hit in Dove Valley.
1: Michael Ronquillo. Legendary, legendary member of our community. Love you, big dog. Appreciate you. Um, all right, where are we at? We're at 46 minutes. We're gonna gotta start winding her down a little bit here. I see one from RL R A L Blitz at 654 on Twitch, Scott. That I want to get after we grab Corey here. Corey H with a Mount Rushmore caliber super chat. Yes. Very, Thank very you, generous. This is the second big super chat. I've seen Corey give to the huddle up podcast in last week or so. So thank you, dude, helping us keep the lights on you demand. man. He says, here is what we need. Whatever since he did to Kansas city in the second half, we must be able to do next year, eight capable DBs and getting pressure with three, everything else wasted time, copy it top to bottom, get it done. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit more to it, but yeah, if you boil it down, it wasn't, Put as much pressure on Patrick Mahomes as you could. It was more of a Fangio-esque uh, strategy, which is let's play coverage instead of rush, and it worked. And it just so happened, though, Zach, that they had a couple of really good edge rushers. Even if those three, two of them were phenomenal guys that still managed in that second half, Zach, to get pressure on Mahomes, even though it was a three-on-five type of uh, you know mad dash
0: cover two show beats Mahomes uh, this season. He hasn't adjusted to it, but he melted down in that game badly. I mean, he was running around, taking sacks, throwing bad interceptions. He should have been picked six on the first pass of overtime before he threw the interception. Um, Cincinnati plays with way more discipline, though, than the Broncos ever, ever, ever played with. They don't miss tackles. They're always in the right spot, and they don't have as much defense overall as the Broncos do, but they're just better coached. So the defensive mastermind is, uh, again, the emperor has no clothes.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the, the Bengals did a good job of getting the Chiefs off the field in three plays. You know, you you put the Broncos in that situation, and maybe they hold them to no touchdowns, but they relinquish a 15-play drive type situation. So, hey, the stars aligned perfectly for the Bengals in that game, and God bless them. I'm rooting for them in this Damn. Super Bowl. RAL Blitz, um, appreciate you listening over on Twitch. Now coaching has taken shape and it sounds like Evero will be our DC. The QB circus will dominate our news, but I'm still concerned about our edge rushers. Have you heard much on that topic? Yeah. Broncos are looking for some upgrades, big dog. And, um, you know, Chubb's coming back on the, what's going to be the final year of his contract. This is his fifth year option, right? 18, 19, 20, Yeah. yeah. So he's a contract year guy, Malik, they'll bring him back on a, I would guess, on a restricted free agent tender. Second tender, yeah. Uh, You got Jonathan Cooper that you hope can take a step forward. A lot of pressures last year, but not enough sacks, if you ask me. Uh, You need an upgrade. You need a proven, twitched-out stud to play opposite of Bradley Chubb. And I think if you get a guy like that that can take some of the attention and pressure off of Chubb, you're going to get him looking more like the 2018 – version of Bradley Chubb than what you saw last year. Last year, he was almost, Zach, a non-factor for these Denver Broncos. So it's an upgrade they need. And that's why, you know, in a perfect world, you want them to somehow manage to get Aaron Rodgers or someone like that. And then it's like Scott was telling us at the Senior Bowl last night. I mean, there's going to be some round two caliber edge rushers that are going to be vast upgrades over anything the Broncos have behind Chubb right now.
0: That's if the Broncos keep Chubb in Denver. If they trade for Aaron, maybe Green Bay asks for Bradley Chubb in a trade. That's a possibility, getting him on his fifth-year option. But either way, they have to upgrade there. It's worth noting, we can pull it up, but who are the Rams' scheduled free agents? Because if they bring aboard Everett, he might want to bring some guys to Denver as well. I don't know off the top of my head, but that's worth keeping in mind as well. But regardless, they will be adding to that position in the months ahead.
1: Alan Perez, thank you for the super chat. He says, sorry, but today's chat is disheartening to my fellow Bronco fans. Racial discrimination in the NFL has been an issue, needs to be addressed. May the truth come. Much love. Hey, we're right here with you, big dog, in terms of the Rooney rule. It's a sham. We know this. A lot of teams can use it as a sham, and there's no way to kind of get around it the way it's currently structured. There. So if nothing else, this brings about the NFL owners coming together to figure out a better way uh, to give opportunities to minority coaches in a genuine good faith way, then
0: fine. You know what I love now? Uh, Flores is a finalist for the Houston job. I mean, despite suing the NFL in court and the 32 teams, most of which he named as John Doe's, I believe he's still up for a job. And now the saints want to talk to Eric B So if he gets more minority coaches shots, that's, that's great. I, I hope for that, but I'm a, I'm a merit-based person. If you, if you're deserving of the job, if you're the right guy for the job, then you should have the job point blank period.
1: That's the way the NFL works guys. So Quentin, thank you. Appreciate those stars. Uh Lawrence. Thank you, my friend. Jumping back in again, if Hackett does worse than Vic this year, what would that mean going forward? Just something to think on. Um, Well, year one, it depends on what they have at quarterback. If it's Drew Locke, and he does worse than Vic. I don't think anyone's going to be pulling their hair out. I mean, we're going to be frustrated. Don't get me wrong, but no one's going to be like, oh, they swung and missed on another head coach. Head coaches get a one-year honeymoon typically, right. just like GMs do. Um, the good ones, they don't exploit that. They get out to a good start. to try and build momentum and showcase that better things are coming soon. Um but look, Zach Zach Taylor didn't look good his first year because he didn't have a quarterback. Then he got his quarterback, and then they still had to struggle through 2020 because Joe Burrow got hurt quarter of the way into the season. But then you finally get your quarterback all season long. What happens? You're going to the freaking Super Bowl. So hopefully it's a trajectory, something akin to that. If you got to wait three years, but you're going to the Super Bowl and you got your quarterback. I think most Broncos fans would sign off on that if you could, uh, you know, forecast it.
0: The bar is awfully low, so I don't know that uh, Hackett's going to actually, you know, reach that mark of being worse than Vic Fangio. But if he does, it means nothing. Like you laid out, there's a honeymoon period. Vic Fangio got three years. Hackett will certainly get more than one. Again, I don't see how he could be worse. I think he's going to be a lot, a lot better. But got to give him some time. Let him get his culture in place and build his product. It's going to take more than a year, more than likely.
1: Travis says, I uh, got hired. Happy Hackett got hired at first. I was rooting for Kellen Moore, but switched. The more I read and the more insights Priest And you guys in MHH talked about the coaching search. Yeah, dude. Andrew Baker. Man, what a Super Bowl matchup. Grew up north of Cincy. Still rooting for my boy Vaughn, so it's a win-win. I'm a little bit torn on it, but I've never been much of a player thing comes first. I'm always kind of team-oriented and... Would it be a cool story to see Vaughn get another ring as a Bronco fan? Sure. But i that's not why I would root for the Rams. Um, I've always been an AFC guy, period, dude. I'm Same. a kid of the 80s. I, I got to live with the NFC championship game, basically being the world championship year in and year out from whatever it was, 82, 83, the last time the Raiders won a Super Bowl till the Broncos did in 96. And that was a long time, dude. So for me, unless it's the Patriots, I'm rooting for the the AFC typically in the Super Bowl, and especially one like this, Zach, where it's an underdog who's yet to win a ring as a franchise. I'd love to see the Bengals take one home.
0: I just love what they they did in the playoffs. I mean, they faced every powerhouse, and they took it to them. They're fighters, Chad. They're scrappy team. And Joe Shiesty, how do you not love Joe Burrow? I mean, he's like the modern-day Joe Namath as far as I'm concerned, and I love that kind of – aura about a quarterback
1: absolutely he's got panache friendly giant greetings from the big apple keep up the great work fellas thank you all we need is a little oomph at quarterback and we are back on top hashtag state of being love that dude yes broncos need a quarterback and uh this uh, suddenly all things become possible again josh aka oi boy 90 legendary superstar oi oi priests allegations QB sweepstakes, ownership whack-a-mole. I'm just excited to see what new direction our offense takes under Han Solo. Well, hey, I'm just glad that he chose Han Solo as when he was asked, who would you be if you were a Star Wars character? He says Han Solo, because we all know Han shot first. All right, we're talking about Han Solo and Greedo. Han shot first in the original. It was later changed so that Greedo shot first, but what is the implication of Han shooting first? He doesn't wait to find out, right? He takes the, he, he swings first, whatever. That in and of itself is enough to say, all right, Hackett, you're not going to wait to see. You're not going to wait to find out. You're going to fire off the first volley. Hope that's how it comes out.
0: I, I can't add much to that conversation, but I just want to say we had a, a, a person from the, uh, from the Big Apple commenting, did you see who the Giants hired as their, I think he's going to be their coordinator. Is Mike Kafka, and they're pairing him with Brian Dayball. I love what the Giants are doing. You talk about giving it all to Daniel Jones and and developing him and and giving all the resources to him. I just love that devotion and what they're doing under Joe Shane, the new GM. There, man, that must have been a boatload of money they offered Kafka
1: because he was being groomed by Andy Reid. From everything I had heard inside, yeah, uh, the inside slant there, so. Uh, Salvi Nation, thank you for the super. Why didn't Flores say anything after the interview with the Broncos? Exactly. Flores has self-esteem issues. I don't know about that, but look, he was at least asked about it on a public platform a year and a half later, almost two years later, when the Broncos played the Dolphins in 2020, right? That was the game that no one trusted the Broncos to win it. Dolphins were cruising for playoff berth with, uh, uh, it had been Fitzpatrick, but they'd moved on to Tua by that point. And during the media availability that week, Flores was asked about his conversation in in candidacy as a as a potential Bronco head coach a year and a half prior, and he did nothing but wax poetic about the Broncos and how great it was yeah. and great meeting and um. So yeah, you you're that's why the motives, you know. Look, I question them. I really do. Rodney Garcia. Who do you guys want in the first round? Eh. I'm still more like position focused and um, I'm not sure yet Zach who I what I'm really focused on on the first in the first round quite yet
0: well it depends on what they do in in free agency in the trademark if they land Aaron Rodgers obviously I don't want Malik Willis in the first round or Kenny Pickett Matt Corral any quarterback but edge and right tackle regardless of Aaron Rodgers have to remain a big need so I'm leaning toward one of those positions as my my round one need but ask me again in uh, about a month Claude Riley, good to see you, big dog. Appreciate the support, my friend.
1: And we are about out of time tonight, so let me take this opportunity uh, to remind you guys: if you were one of the three winners of the giveaways, the raffles, don't forget to send us in the email milehighhuddle at gmail so that we can get your address and jersey slash t-shirt size. Okay. Rodney says, I remember that in 2016, Talib went off on Dallas on uh, Douglas. Yes, indeed. Uh, Phil McLaughlin, hey guys, enough on Flores. Any thoughts that Evero might talk uh, Williams into coming over with him? Maybe Vaughn will come back also. Yeah, go Broncos. Zach, I don't know what you've, uh, how much thought you've given that.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that, that's the the other pipeline the Broncos can build with hiring Evero before they look to the draft. Maybe look to the Rams UFA's and see if they can pull from that pool. Regardless, though, I, I would maybe think they would. Want to get some familiarity to help install Evero's system, but they, they're going to have to replenish that position. The inside linebacking core, the front seven, and some of the back end this offseason, no doubt about it. Um, I like this take real quick. Steve Liszewski,
1: You're you're a prince, buddy. Thank you. Claude says, call me bitter, but I don't want any former Bronco to win anything unless they're in the orange and blue. Not rooting against Vaughn, but I couldn't care less. By the way, props that you said couldn't. So many people get that wrong, and it's a pet peeve. They say, I could care less. Well, if you could care less, that means you care. Don't you mean that you could not care less? If he performs well for another team or finds success elsewhere, go Broncos. Feel you.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's Von Miller. It's like, he's a a legendary player. I guess I see what you're saying, Claude, but it's a win-win for me because either Von gets another ring or Burrow and uh, company get a, a ring and a much needed ring for the city of Cincinnati. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Some of the topics that uh,
1: we had to plumb today are uncomfortable and they're not easy to address on what is supposed to be a sports podcast covering the Denver Broncos. And, you know, this is supposed to be your escape. This is supposed to be our escape. We don't relish these topics being dragged into our conversations, but when it's a part of the news cycle, we're going to talk about it, especially the magnitude at which it's part of the news cycle right now, as far as the gravity of the allegations. And so for those of you who managed to keep it respectful and share your points of view and your takes without crossing the line or getting too carried away, we are grateful. We thank you. And for those of you who did come on now, but we're out of here for tonight.
0: Yeah, to Claude's point, though, he goes, your ex may be a tiger, but do you want to see her purring elsewhere? If I broke up (laughs) with her, she can purr wherever she wants. And the Broncos broke up with Von Miller. So I don't think they're going to be missing him all that much. But that was the Huddle Up Pod, guys. Thank you so much, Michael, for your... Uh, your support tonight. Follow us on Twitter until we see you guys next, which is Sunday night, same time, same place. Follow us at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you want a hat like Chad's wearing, if you want a beanie, if you want a hoodie, if you want any, sort of item go to com and get yourself one right now and facebook.com slash myla huddle hit that big blue button become a supporter today and facebook.com slash myla huddle pod like that page and follow that page if you haven't guys go to apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month but please guys if anything do these three things subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you amen Here's how
1: you finished on Facebook tonight. Shout out to each and every one of you. Michael Ronquillo, Jacob Foster, Miguel Santistevan, Rodney Garcia, Joshua Mize, Travis Tarbox, Phil McLaughlin, Andrew Baker, Claude Riley, Lawrence Rivera, Colby C. Collier, Quentin W. Carson, and Steve Lazuski. And never to be left out, we also have to thank by name, our Super Chat superstars tonight. We appreciate you guys supporting us as you do every single night. Michaela, the Duchess, Chris and Zuko, Sam Bam, Orange Crush, 33, 727 mil, Dennis Woods, Sebastian, Terry, Jeff C., Alan, Friendly Giant, Oi Boy Josh, Salvi Nation, Corey H., much love and respect. We'll see you guys on uh, Sunday together. Saturday, there will be Broncos Book Club at noon Mountain Time. And then, of course, you'll have a fresh episode of Kelburn's Corner on Sunday. So we'll see you guys this weekend.
0: And is there really a debate in the comments, by the way, from Todd? Burrow is better than Tua hands down, though, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. just a little better than Tua. But uh, (laughs) take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org register.
1: At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the illuminate digital agronomy platform everything we
0: offer is an answer to what we've heard from you this is how we listen copyright 2021 syngenta the trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a syngenta group company all other trademarks are the property of their respective owners